Our Bible reading this morning is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. I'll read 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. That's found on page 1,780 in your pew Bibles. And for if you're visiting today or if you've forgotten what the sermon series is, it's called I Was Just Wondering. And all the sermons in this series are based on questions that we've got from the youth of this congregation. And today's question, as you see in your bulletin, is is a really good one, I think. It's a simple question, why don't I enjoy my devotions? Now, that's the question as it uh, shows up in your bulletin. The question as we actually received it as a staff is actually a little more interesting. The full question, which was too long to be a title, um, was, I don't enjoy my devotions. I don't really enjoy going to church. So how can I get closer to Jesus? I don't enjoy my devotions. I don't really enjoy going to church. How do I get closer to Jesus? That is a good, honest question. And it's a good, honest question in a way that sometimes only young people can be honest. Because church isn't always so much fun, right? Church is not always enjoyable. Sometimes we pick hymns that you don't know and you don't like. Sometimes the prayer just goes on and on. Sometimes, maybe oftentimes, uh, the minister, the sermon goes on and on and on, and I'm up here waving my arms and, and gesticulating and talking about things that clearly I think are very important, but they just don't seem to connect with you in your life. And all of this while you're sitting on that hard, hard pew. Sometimes devotions aren't um, so engaging, if we're honest. You're a young person, you're probably really, really busy. Most of the young people that I know, middle school, high school, really, really busy. You're in school all day. You probably got some sort of sport or other activity. So at night, maybe you got to play practice or a sporting practice and you got to eat dinner in between. So you're flying from one thing to the next. And in between all those things, you're trying to do your homework. You got a math test tomorrow. So you're really trying to study for your math test. You're cramming for that. And by the time it's all done, you're completely exhausted. You fall into bed. And you do your devotions because you know you're supposed to. And maybe you're, say you're going through the Psalms because minister says, and other people says, Psalms are great for devotions. And you're just going through them one by one. And you're at Psalm 7. Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. And then the psalmist goes on to say that he wants flaming arrows to be shot into his enemies. And yesterday... It was Psalm 6 about how your eyes are weak from sorrow and how you've been flooding your bed with tears. Now, no disrespect to the Psalms. They're the word of God. You know that. But these just don't seem to have anything to do with your life. You're not not flooding your bed with tears. You're just tired. You You don't have anyone at school that you want God to shoot a flaming arrow into. So you feel this disconnect and, and you wonder, you know, how, do, how do I do this? What a good question that is. And I want to address this good, honest question with these words from Paul. Let's listen to these words, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Paul says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? 
run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. and They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so how did those words, how do those words help answer your question? Well, to get at that, let me give you a little context. This is in the middle of a long section of Paul's letter, a section that probably goes from chapter 8 all the way through chapter 11. And in that chapter, he's addressing uh, a certain group in the church that met in Corinth, the city for whom this letter was directed. And these people in the church, this group, were a people who really liked to have fun. They were partiers, right? They really liked to have a good time, and they especially liked to party with the pagans. Here's what I mean by that. In a big church, in a big city like Corinth, where they lived, there were lots of pagan temples, so lots of temples to idols. And each one of these temples had feasts that they would host every year, on occasion, a couple feasts a year. And these feasts were, were big occasions, and the whole community would go to these feasts and have a really good time. You'd go into the temple, there'd be some meat that had been sacrificed to the idol for you to eat, there'd be lots of drink flowing, everyone would be there. It was a rollicking good time. Okay? Think of, maybe think of like a 4th of July celebration, a 4th of July picnic, except it's held inside of a pagan temple. Now, before they became Christians, those people, these partying Corinth people, they really liked these parties. They really had a good time. They really enjoyed themselves. And now that they're Christians, they say, well, can we keep going to those parties? But I know they're in a temple, and I know there's an idol involved, but hey, Paul, you yourself said that idols are nothing. Idols are just wooden stone. They're not real. So I'm still on Jesus' team. I'm not actually worshiping them. I just, I just want to have a good time with my, my friends and my neighbors. Can I keep doing that? To show that these people are really uh, fun-oriented, not only do they want to go to those pagan parties, uh, it, was, it also showed up, that partying spirit showed up in the way they did the Lord's Supper. Uh, you know, we, we're, our Lord's Supper is pretty solemn and, and, and careful. Uh, if you read chapter 11, it's pretty clear that some of the people in Corinth used to get drunk at the Lord's Supper. That's how much wine they would drink. So these people really liked having a good time. In our passage, in those words that I read, Paul's pushing back on the partiers, and he's saying, you guys lack discipline. You need a little more discipline in your life. You love to have a good time. You love to enjoy yourselves. And that's fine, but, but you know what? This, that's not what this is about. The Christian life is about learning to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, letting his love come into you, and then loving your neighbor, sharing that love with other people. It's about seeking the kingdom. And that takes discipline. That, that takes focus. That takes training. Look at me, he says. Use me for an example. He said, I am strict. I'm disciplined. I, I work out in my spiritual life like an athlete. I, I beat my body. 
And the word in the Greek is like, I bruise myself for the sake of my spiritual life, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Now, what does this tell you about your question? How does this passage that I just described in its context help you with your question? Why don't I enjoy my devotions? We got to think about that word, enjoy. We got to think about that word, enjoyment. It's a good word, but we got to make sure it fits in the right place. Because this journey that we're all on of following Jesus, there are many enjoyable times on this journey, but this journey is not about the enjoyment. This journey is not about the fun. It's about what I just said, right? Opening your hearts to God, letting his love fill you, learning to love him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and then learning to love your neighbor as yourself, building his kingdom. And Jesus makes it really clear that sometimes doing that is not fun. You got to pick up your cross and follow him. You got to count the cost because there's going to be a cost. You got to sacrifice yourself. If you want to save your life, you got to lay it down. There are going to be hard times. It's not all going to be enjoyable. So you young people and you older people, do you know the classic name for activities like your devotions and worship, what we're doing right now, you know what they call them classically? Spiritual disciplines. Discipline. What's a discipline? It's something that's hard. Something you got to focus on, right? Something you got to use self-control to do. Something where you're willing in the short term to do something hard and give something up so that later you can gain something stronger and better and more joyful. And Paul explains that. He uses an example to help you, the, the Corinthians and help us see that. He uses the example of running a race, right? I, I was not a, a runner. I was a soccer player. So let me change the analogy and let me talk about soccer, all right? Well, I was a soccer player. loved playing in games. I also had to go to a lot of practices. And in my practices, we did things like this. We would run wind sprints, wind sprints. Wind sprints are terrible things. You start on the goal line, right by the goal, and then you sprint. You run as fast as you can to half, you turn around and you jog back. And then as soon as you get to the touch line, you turn around and you sprint as fast as you can to half, and then you jog back. And then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. They are not enjoyable. The other thing that you, I learned to do and that you had to do is to learn to trap the ball. In soccer, it's really important that however the ball comes at you, you'll be able to control it, not using your hands, obviously, so that it will fall at your feet so you can do something with it. And so that, that you mean, you got to be able to control it, whether it's coming at you fast or slow or high or low, however. So what my coaches would do is that for, you know, 15 minutes, they'd throw balls at me, they'd kick balls at me, they'd spin balls at me, didn't matter, and I was supposed to knock it down, kick it back, knock it down, kick it back. We did this over and over and over again. Also, not enjoyable. But when the game came, and I was out there on the field with my teammates, and I felt the strength of my body from my training, and I felt I could run all day long without stopping, it felt great. And when the game came and the ball came at me really fast and I was somehow able to trap it and let it fall at my feet and pass it to a teammate who was able to, to slam it in the back of the net, 
that felt amazing. Self-discipline for something better. Now, if I had said to my coaches, Coach, I don't, I don't really enjoy wind sprints. I don't really enjoy these trapping drills. What do you think my coaches would have said to me? They would have said, oh, Peter, could you please get back in line? That's not what this is about. And actually, they wouldn't have been that polite. <laughs> do you remember last week's sermon and some of the words we talked about? Worship and devotion are spiritual disciplines. They are training grounds, not for your body, but for your soul. Enjoyment is not their purpose. And that doesn't mean that there's no enjoyment in these things. You know, we worship, for instance, we do try to make it enjoyable. I try to write sermons that are interesting. I promise I do. And we try to choose hymns that you will like. We really do. And, and, and the choir tries to sing things that you will enjoy. And that's all true, but it's, it's still, it's not about the enjoyment. I mean, think about what we're trying to accomplish in worship. In worship, one of the things we try to do is face our sins. That's what we do in our prayer of confession. Face our self-deceptions. That's not going to be a fun thing to do, no matter how you do it. We also try to open ourselves up to the Spirit so that the Spirit will renovate us and change us. Major reconstruction. Major reconstruction is, is not always going to be a good time. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of enjoyment in the Christian life. There's sunny days, there's friendship, there's laughter, there's fun, there's pleasure. All those have a place, but this is a discipline. This is a discipline. I really want to go off on a rant right now, about how so much of worship these days has become about enjoyment and about fun and about entertainment instead of what it's supposed to be about. Um, and that's not just something, we who are traditional, we love to point at the contemporary services and say, oh, it's just become about pleasure and enjoyment. It's just as much a danger here. It's fine if it's enjoyable, but it's never been about the enjoyment, never been about it. Now I know young people, that up to this point I sound like a grouchy old man saying, okay, you don't enjoy worship? Tough. Suck it up and keep going. I don't want that to be my message, so I want to finish with three things, three other things that help contextualize that message I just gave, okay? First of all, while it's true that disciplines are not about enjoyment, it's okay and probably good if you try to find the disciplines that you enjoy most, so maybe you don't like reading just the Psalms by themselves. Maybe it's just hard for you to understand them. Okay, find yourself a book, a good devotional, where you hear the Psalm, and then somebody tells you about the Psalm. That might be more enjoyable for you. Maybe it's hard for you to read the Bible by yourself. Maybe you get distracted or don't understand. Join a Bible study. When you read Scripture with other people, that's often better and more enjoyable. Maybe you don't like praying by yourself. You get too distracted. You find yourself saying the same things over and over again. Maybe pray with a prayer partner or join a group of people who pray together. It can enrich your prayer life. It can wake you up. Or maybe you're a person who likes to think, right? You live inside your head. It's okay. Some of us do. Find a really great Christian classic that makes you think. Read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. 
chapter a night and write a little bit about it, journal about it. Maybe that's what you'll enjoy. There are hundreds of spiritual disciplines to practice. It's okay to gravitate towards the ones that you enjoy most, even if enjoyment is not their purpose. Second point, even though the training is not enjoyable, it is preparing you for something better, something deeper later on. In his excellent devotional for teens called Deep Down Faith, written by Neil Planiga, and, and if you are uh, parents of uh, people who are like 11 and older, kids who are 11 and older, this is a really good devotion. Uh, Deep Down Faith. In that, in that book, he tells a story of some POWs in Vietnam who've been taken by the enemy and were in the misery of a Vietnamese POW camp. And what did they turn to there? They turned to the disciplines of their youth, particularly scripture memorization and the scripture they knew. So they're alone, they're isolated, they're hungry, they're cold. And they turned to each other and they found the scripture that each of them had memorized. So someone had maybe memorized Psalm 23 and he would teach it to everyone. Someone else remembered John 3.16. And someone else knew a few of the Beatitudes. And someone else knew far more scripture. And they would what they would do is they would tap on the walls in code so that they would teach this scripture to each other. And by the time they left, one of the prisoners said, we knew more than a hundred verses. And it was their lifeline, he said. It kept them sane and it kept them alive in that place. Now, when they memorized that, when they were nine years old, did they think the memorization was fun? No, of course not. But that training prepared them for something deep something good. These devotional exercises are going to make your joys better and they're going to make you stronger in hard times. Finally, last point. You may not enjoy your devotions and worship right now, but um, especially with worship, let me speak to that. You may find that later on you love worship and you can't do without it. One of the things that we get to do as ministers is visit people who are in hospital. And sometimes, especially when you get older, uh, the time in hospital and the time away from church can be really, really long. So maybe a person's in the hospital for a couple weeks, and then they go to a rehabilitation facility. And sometimes they can be homebound for like two, three, four, five months. And you know what they say to us when we visit them? I can't wait to get back to church. I can't wait to get back to church and sing with the people. I got to be back in church by Christmas so I can sing those Christmas songs. I promise you that those people were bored in church just like you when they were 10 years old. They were begging their mom for another peppermint. They were counting the bricks on the wall. They were poking their little sister to pass the time. But something happened. In a way that they didn't even understand, the Holy Spirit was working in them and deepening them. And all of a sudden, when they couldn't have it, they realized that here was something that they needed something that their soul needed. Because the Holy Spirit is working in this place and telling you the food your soul needs. That Jesus will be with you on the worst day of your life. And Jesus' forgiveness is strong enough that it can forgive the worst thing that you did. And that Jesus will never let go of you no matter what happens. That 
message that we give here week after week may not always excite you, may not always be fun to hear it, but it is so, so good. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this place and the discipline of being here with brothers and sisters and praying to you and singing and facing our sins and hearing your word. Thank you for the way that um, your Holy Spirit is working in us through these things in ways that we don't even know. Lord, uh, make us faithful to our training. Lord, sometimes it's hard. Make us faithful to our training. Give us strength that we don't have so that we might be your bright and shining lights in this world. Amen.